chapter thirty of young people's treasury volume six famous travels and adventures this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by betty b young people's treasury volume six famous travels and adventures by hamilton wright maybe the great ruins of bashan by j l porter from the first moment of my arrival in damascus i felt an intense desire to visit the ancient kingdom of bashan the ancient cities and even the villages of western palestine have been almost annihilated with the exception of jerusalem hebron and two or three others not one stone has been left upon another in some places we can scarcely discover the spot where a noted city stood so complete has been the desolation even in jerusalem itself only a very few vestiges of the ancient buildings remain the tower of david portions of the wall of the temple area and one or two other fragments just enough to form the subject of dispute among antiquaries the state of bashan is totally different it is literally crowded with towns and large villages and though the vast majority of them are deserted they are not ruined i have more than once entered a deserted city in the evening taken possession of a comfortable house and spent the night in peace many of the houses in the ancient cities of bashan are as perfect as if finished only yesterday the walls are sound the roofs unbroken the doors and even the window shutters in their places let not my readers think that i am transcribing a passage from the arabian nights i am relating sober facts i am simply telling what i have seen and what i propose more fully to describe but how you ask me can we account for the preservation of ordinary dwellings in a land of ruins if one of our modern english cities were deserted for a millennium there would scarcely be a fragment of a wall standing the reply is easy enough the houses of bashan are not ordinary houses their walls are from five to eight feet thick built of large squared blocks of basalt the roofs are formed of slabs of the same material hewn like planks and reaching from wall to wall the very doors and window shutters are of stone hung upon pivots projecting above and below some of these ancient cities have from two to five hundred houses still perfect but not a man to dwell in them on one occasion from the battlements of the castle of salka i counted some thirty towns and villages dotting the surface of the vast plain many of them almost as perfect as when they were built and yet for more than five centuries there has not been a single inhabitant in one of them on a bright and balmy morning in february we defiled from the east gate of damascus rode for half an hour among the orchards that skirt the old city and then turning to the left struck out along a broad beaten path through the open fields in a southeasterly direction the leader was a wild-looking figure his dress was a red cotton tunic or shirt fastened round the waist by a broad leather girdle over it was a loose jacket of sheepskin the wool inside his feet and legs were bare on his head was a flame-coloured handkerchief fastened above by a coronet of black camel's hair which left the ends and long fringe to flow over his shoulders he was mounted on an active shaggy pony with a pad for a saddle and a hair halter for a bridle before him across the back of his little steed he carried a long rifle 
his only weapon immediately behind him on powerful arab horses were three men in western costume one of these was the rider next came an arab who acted as dragoman or rather courier and two servants on stout hacks brought up the rear on gaining the beaten track our guide struck into a sharp canter the great city was soon left far behind and on turning we could see its tall white minarets shooting up from the sombre foliage and thrown into bold relief by the dark background of anti-lebanon the plain spread out on each side smooth as a lake covered with the delicate green of the young grain here and there were long belts and large clumps of dusky olives from the midst of which rose the grey towers of a mosque or the white dome of a saint's tomb on the south the plain was shut in by a ridge of bare black hills appropriately named jebel el aswad the black mountains while away on the west in the distance hermon rose in all its majesty a pyramid of spotless snow from whatever point one sees it there are few landscapes in the world which for richness and soft enchanting beauty can be compared with the plain of damascus after riding about seven miles during which we passed straggling groups of men some on foot some on horses and donkeys and some on camels most of them dressed like our guide and all hurrying on in the same direction as ourselves we reached the eastern extremity of the black mountains and found ourselves on the sides of a narrow green vale through the centre of which flows the river farpar a bridge here spans the stream and beyond it in the rich meadows the haran caravan was being marshalled up to this point the road is safe and may be travelled almost at any time but on crossing the awaj we enter the domains of the bedouin whose law is the sword and whose right is might our further progress was liable to be disputed at any moment the attacks of the bedouin when made are sudden and impetuous and resistance to be effectual must be prompt and decided during the winter season this eastern route is in general pretty secure as the arab tribes have their encampments far distant on the banks of the euphrates or in the interior of the desert but the war between the druze and the government which had just been concluded had drawn these daring marauders from their customary haunts and they endured the rain and snow of the syrian frontier in the name of plunder all seemed fully aware of this and appeared to feel here as elsewhere that the hand of the ishmaelite is against every man consequently stragglers hurried up and fell into the ranks bales and packages on mules and camels were rearranged and more carefully adjusted muskets and pistols were examined and cartridges got into a state of readiness armed men were placed in something like order along the sides of the file of animals and a few horsemen were sent on in front to scour the neighboring hills and the skirts of the great plain beyond so as to prevent surprise a number of druze who here joined the caravan and were easily distinguished by their snow-white turbans and bold manly bearing appeared to take the chief direction in these warlike preparations though as the caravan was mainly made up of christians one of these called musa was the nominal leader it was a strange and exciting scene and one would have thought that an attempt to reduce such a refractory and heterogeneous multitude of men and animals to anything like order would be absolutely useless 
some of the camels and donkeys breaking loose scattered their loads over the plain and spread confusion all around them others growled kicked and brayed drivers shouted and gesticulated men and boys ran through the crowd asking for missing brothers and companions horsemen galloped from group to group entreating and threatening by turns at length however the order was given to march it passed along from front to rear and the next moment every sound was hushed the very beasts seemed to comprehend its meaning for they fell quietly into their places and the long files now four and five abreast began to move over the grassy plain with a stillness that was almost painful the sun went down and the short twilight was made still shorter by heavy clouds which drifted across the face of the sky a thick rain began to fall which made the prospect of a night march or a bivouac equally unpleasant still i rode on through the darkness striving to dispel gloomy forebodings by the stirring memory of bashan's ancient glory and the thought that i was now treading its soil and on my way to the great cities founded and inhabited four thousand years ago by the giant refrain before the darkness set in musa had pointed out to me the towers of three or four of these cities rising above the rocky barrier of the leha how i strained my eyes in vain to pierce the deepening gloom now i knew that some of them must be close at hand the sharp ring of my horse's feet on pavement startled me this was followed by painful stumbling over loose stones and the twisting of his limbs among jagged rocks the sky was black overhead the ground black beneath the rain was drifting in my face so that nothing could be seen a halt was called and it was with no little pleasure that i heard the order given for the caravan to rest till the moon rose is there any spot i asked of an arab at my side where we could get shelter from the rain there is a house ready for you he answered a house is there a house here hundreds of them this is the town of barak we were conducted up a rugged winding path which seemed so far as we could make out in the dark and by the motion of our horses to be something like a ruinous staircase at length the dark outline of high walls began to appear against the sky and presently we entered a paved street here we were told to dismount and give our horses to the servants an arab struck a light and inviting us to follow passed through a low gloomy door into a spacious chamber i looked with no little interest round the apartment of which we had taken such unceremonious possession but the light was so dim and the walls roof and floor so black that i could make out nothing satisfactorily getting a torch from one of the servants i lighted it and proceeded to examine the mysterious mansion for though drenched with rain and wearied with a twelve hours ride i could not rest i felt an excitement such as i never before had experienced i could scarcely believe in the reality of what i saw and what i heard from my guides in reply to eager questions the house seemed to have undergone little change from the time its old master had left it and yet the thick nitrous crust on its floor showed that it had been deserted for long ages the walls were perfect nearly five feet thick built of large blocks of hewn stones without lime or cement of any kind the roof was formed of large slabs of the same black basalt lying as regularly and jointed as closely as if the workmen had only just completed them they measured twelve feet in length eighteen inches in breadth 
and six inches in thickness the ends rested on a plain stone cornice projecting about a foot from each side wall the chamber was twenty feet long twelve wide and ten high the outer door was a slab of stone four and a half feet high four wide and eight inches thick it hung on pivots formed of projecting parts of the slab working in sockets in the lintel and threshold and though so massive i was able to open and shut it with ease at one end of the room was a small window with a stone shutter an inner door also of stone but of finer workmanship and not quite so heavy as the other admitted to a chamber of the same size and appearance from it a much larger door communicated with a third chamber to which there was a descent by a flight of stone steps this was a spacious hall equal in width to the two rooms and about twenty-five feet long by twenty high a semicircular arch was thrown across it supporting the stone roof and a gate so large that camels could pass in and out opened on the street the gate was of stone and it appeared to have been open for ages here our horses were comfortably installed such were the internal arrangements of this strange old mansion it had only one story and its simple massive style of architecture gave evidence of a very remote antiquity on a large stone which formed the lintel of the gateway there was a greek inscription but it was so high up and my light so faint that i was unable to decipher it though i could see that the letters were of the oldest type it is probably the same which was copied by burckhardt and which bears a date apparently equivalent to the year b c three hundred six owing to the darkness of the night and the shortness of our stay i was unable to ascertain from personal observation either the extent of barak or the general character of its buildings but the men who gathered around me when i returned to my chamber had often visited it they said the houses were all like the one we occupied only some smaller and a few larger and that there were no great buildings barak stands on the northeast corner of the laha and was thus one of the frontier towns of ancient argob it is built upon rocks and encompassed by rocks so wild and rugged as to render it a natural fortress after a few hours rest the order for march was again given we found our horses at the door and mounting at once we followed musa the rain had ceased the sky was clear and the moon shone brightly half revealing the savage features of the environs of barak i can never forget that scene huge masses of shapeless rocks rose up here and there among and around the houses to the height of fifteen and twenty feet their summits jagged and their sides all shattered between them were pits and yawning fissures as many feet in depth while the flat surfaces of naked rock were thickly strewn with huge boulders of basalt the narrow tortuous road by which musa led us out was in places carried over chasms and in places cut through cliffs an ancient aqueduct ran alongside of it which in former days conveyed a supply of water from a neighboring winter stream to the tanks and reservoirs from which the town gets its present name barak the tanks these aqueducts appear to have been constructed as follows a shaft was sunk to the depth of ten to twenty feet at a spot where it was supposed water might be found then a tunnel was excavated on the level of the bottom of the shaft and in the direction of the town to be supplied at the distance of about one hundred yards another shaft was sunk connecting the tunnel 
with the surface and so the work was carried on until it was brought close to the city where a great reservoir was made some of these aqueducts are nearly twenty miles in length and even if no living spring should exist along their whole course they soon collect in the rainy season sufficient surface water to supply the largest reservoirs springs are rare in bashan it is a thirsty land but cisterns of enormous dimensions some open others covered are seen in every city and village scrambling through or rather over a ruinous gateway we entered the city of bathayana a wide street lay before us the pavement perfect the houses on each side standing streets and lanes branching off to the right and left there was something inexpressibly mournful in riding along that silent street and looking in through half-open doors to one after another of those desolate houses with the rank grass and weeds in their courts and the brambles growing in festoons over the doorways and branches of trees shooting through the gaping rents in the old walls the ring of our horses feet on the pavement awakened the echoes of the city and startled many a strange tenant owls flapped their wings around the gray towers daws shrieked as they flew away from the housetops foxes ran in and out among the shattered dwellings and two jackals rushed from an open door and scampered off along the street before us one of the houses in which i rested for a time might almost be termed a palace a spacious gateway with massive folding doors of stone opened from the street into a large court on the left was a square tower some forty feet in height round the court and opening into it were the apartments all in perfect preservation and yet the place does not seem to have been inhabited for centuries greek inscriptions on the principal buildings prove that they existed at the commencement of our era and in the whole town i did not see a solitary trace of mohammedan occupation so that it has probably been deserted for at least a thousand years salka is one of the most remarkable cities in palestine it has been long deserted and yet as nearly as i could estimate five hundred of its houses are still standing and from three to four hundred families might settle in it at any moment without laying a stone or expending an hour's labor on repairs the circumference of the town and castle together is about three miles besides the castle a number of square towers like the belfries of churches and a few mosques appear to be the only public buildings the castle occupies the summit of a steep conical hill which rises to the height of some three hundred feet and is the southern point of the mountain range of bashan round the base of the hill is a deep moat and another still deeper encircles the walls of the fortress the building is a patchwork of various periods and nations the foundations are jewish if not earlier roman rustic masonry appears about them and over all is lighter saracenic work with beautifully interlaced inscriptions the exterior walls are not much defaced but the interior is one confused mass of ruins the view from the top is wide and wonderfully interesting it embraces the whole southern slope of the mountains which though rocky are covered from bottom to top with artificial terraces and fields divided by stone fences wherever i turned my eyes towns and villages were seen on the section of the plain between south and east i counted fourteen towns all of them so far as i could see with my telescope habitable like salka but entirely deserted 
from this one spot i saw upward of thirty deserted towns not only is the country plain and hillside alike checkered with fenced fields but groves of fig trees are here and there seen and terraced vineyards still clothe the sides of some of the hills these are neglected and wild but not fruitless mahmoud tells us that they produce great quantities of figs and grapes which are rifled year after year by the bedouins in their periodical raids nowhere on earth is there such a melancholy example of tyranny rapacity and misrule as here fields pastures vineyards houses villages cities all alike deserted and waste even the few inhabitants that have hidden themselves among the rocky fastnesses and mountain defiles drag out a miserable existence oppressed by robbers of the desert on the one hand and robbers of the government on the other i could not but remark while wandering through the streets and lanes of Korea, the biblical kirioth that the private houses bear the marks of the most remote antiquity the few towers and temples which inscriptions show to have been erected in the first centuries of the christian era are modern in comparison with the colossal walls and massive stone doors of the private houses the simplicity of their style their low roofs the ponderous blocks of roughly hewn stone with which they are built the great thickness of the walls and the heavy slabs which form the ceilings all point to a period far earlier than the roman age and probably even antecedent to the conquest of the country by the israelites moses makes special mention of the strong cities of bashan and speaks of their high walls and gates he tells us too in the same connection that bashan was called the land of the giants or Raphaim, leaving us to conclude that the cities were built by giants now the houses of kirioth and other towns of bashan appear to be just dwellings as a race of giants would build the walls the roofs but especially the ponderous gates doors and bars are in every way characteristic of a period when architecture was in its infancy when giants were masons and when strength and security were the grand requisites i measured a door in kirioth it was nine feet high four and a half feet wide and ten inches thick one solid slab of stone i saw the folding doors of another town in the mountains still larger and heavier time produces little effect on such buildings as these the heavy stone slabs of the roofs resting on the massive walls make the structure as firm as if built of solid masonry and the black basalt used is almost as hard as iron these houses are the only specimens in the world of the ordinary private dwellings of remote antiquity the monuments designed by the genius and reared by the wealth of imperial rome are fast mouldering to ruin in this land temples palaces tombs fortresses are all shattered or prostrate in the dust but the simple massive houses of the Raphaim are in many cases as perfect as if completed only yesterday End of chapter thirty